Grapple fans, and welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something as myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co host, Simon Cross. Watch every match that we can find throughout the year of 2019 that Dave Meltzer has rated five stars or higher. We started in 1983 and we're now in 2018, but there's still a heck of a lot to go. We're covering a tag team match today. It's New Japan, but it's not on Japanese soil. It's in the very cool, small arena in Long Beach, California. And who are the participants tonight, Simon? Uh, it is the Young Bucks taking on their former friend, Kenny Omega, who has um, a old ally in his corner in the form of Kota Ibushi. It's the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers. So... One of the criticisms that always goes towards Kenny Omega, and even more so the Young Bucks, is that they're, you know, they're all about the flashiness. They're not caring about psychology, or they they're disrespectful to wrestling, and they don't know how to tell a good story in the ring like the old school psychology masters. To me, this match feels like it's the spot fest equivalent of a psychology heavy story being told. Do you get where I'm coming from? It's a psychology fest. It's a psych yeah. fest. Yeah. Yeah, because th- like, there's a like, lot... It's like a gathering of most university students that don't know what they want to do with their lives. Yeah, or it's like when Garfield makes his own lasagna. There's a lot of layers. Mm. It's, um... Well, it's just, it's, it, I, I really enjoy the way they tell a story in this match. Uh, and it seems a good fusion as well, because there are still quite... Uh, uh, risky. There's certainly a lot of risky spots. Yeah. I, I winced a lot to, at certain points in this match. Yeah. Um, but no, they, they do seem to walk... They seem to have stepped away from like the flashiness. Well, but they... I, don't really, I don't really buy them as overtly flashy. Mm. I mean, obviously I've seen them wrestle in PWG. That's a bit different, but... That, as, as I say, that is bring a toy to school day. It seems, so. it seems when the Young Bucks do work in New Japan, they do want to sort of show the naysayers that they do know how to sell a hold, you know, how to work a, a body part, how to structure a match, how to build it to a crescendo. Um, and this is also a match that's really maybe the first one that really shows the influence that the Being the Elite YouTube series was starting to have on uh, these guys in particular, but wrestling in general, how they're taking these, what started off as behind-the-scenes road diaries, gradually form their own soap opera storylines that feed into the narrative of the promotions that they're working in, specifically New Japan, and drawing in more characters as it goes on. You know, it starts off with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and then gradually Cody joins in, Marty Skrull joins in, Hangman Page joins in, Sal Callan Censored join in, and so on and so on, until you get, like, half of the roster of what is now AEW. <laughs> um, and this feeds into it. Like, there the stories that you can watch through the New Japan narrative, which is what you see in the opening package where Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were, uh, you know, a, a click within a click 
of the Bullet Club forming their own little elite partnership. Like like minded individuals, yeah. like. And, and then Cody joining and starting to cause dissension in the ranks because it's obvious that he wants to be the leader of the Bullet Club and he's trying to manipulate everyone behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Matt Jackson has also pretty much over the course of the past six months been dealing with back issues that flared up at various points and have affected them in in matches uh, like at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I think they uh, beat. Rapongi 3k possibly at that event I might be wrong there but I think I'm right um but Matt's back really affected him and then they lost the belts to them back to them pretty soon after and Matt's back was a factor in that um I might be mixing that up but Matt's back has been a key point of many of their big matches for the past six months and it's like the focal point of this match really yeah I mean like when it's it's a great way of highlighting it from Jump Street when they uh, both like take off their like jackets and they're both got um, the weightlifters belts on. Nick takes his off, but Matt doesn't. Mm. And like, it's a great way from like. I mean, obviously, I I did know that uh, Matt has a history of back issues, and that is something that is sewn into uh, his stories. But it's a great way for people who wouldn't have necessarily known that to like highlight it. Mm. It's like little details like that go a long way, I think. But anyway, Cody's been sowing dissension in the ranks, and it gets to the point where um, Kenny Omega shockingly loses the US title to um, Jay White at the first big post-Wrestle Kingdom event. And then in the post-match, as is the tradition, it doesn't happen all the times, but it does happen a lot of the time, someone will come out to lay a challenge to the champion for their next match. It's what Okada did at the end of his Wrestle Kingdom return against Tanahashi. Um, It's what Omega did with Okada when Okada called Omega over to set up Dominion. Yeah. Um, And this time it's Hangman Page who is trying to work his way up the roster. He's seen as this great future prospect and the US title's a logical next step for him. But Kenny Omega instead says, no, this isn't the time. I need to congratulate Jay White and and let him have his moment, you know? And is that him just lashing out? And there's Cody to, again, try to undermine Kenny Omega as a leader that we've seen all the way back to Dominion where he was trying to throw in the towel so that he would lose the title shots, lose the title match to Cody. Kazuchika Okada at Dominion and then after that show immediately challenged Okada for the next show in, in America. You yeah. Know? So it's all about, this is all, even though Cody's not in this match, he is a figure point within it because these are his machinations that have caused this these issues amongst friends. And so then Kenny lashes out and he shoves the person next to him not realising that it's Matt who's already hurt his back at, earlier on in the show and has lost the IWGP Junior Tag Team title. So he's in a low point anyway. And then to just be shoved down by his friend, it's like that's the that's the final straw for Matt. Yeah, and Kenny, it, it, you can really tell it's a, rest, a red miss moment because Kenny looks really shocked at what he's done. Yeah. For all of like two seconds before he gets... Um... So his, his friends, the Young Bucks, leave him. And then Cody acts as if they've made up and then surprises him with the crossroads as he's leaving the ring. And then he gets Hangman Page to help set him up for a chair shot. The Young Bucks aren't going to save him because they're on the outs with him. And who comes along? Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi, who 
Cody had been trying to attack and get to and batter in the build-up and had wrestled Coach Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom, lost it. During the match, saying to Kota, they, he doesn't love you like I love you, or something like that. <laughs> you know, just trying to be a, a... You know, I can't remember what it was that um, Don Callis called him. It was someone like he's an egomaniacal pansexual, or something <laughs> like that. Right. Um, not that there's anything wrong with pansexuality. Um, and... He, um, and so then... In his anger, the next night at New Year's Dash, the Bullet Club attack Coach Ribushi, and it's Kenny Omega that makes the save. And that was then when he said, we need to get Jay White to join the Bullet Club. I'm going back on myself here, but he says, we need to get Jay White to join the Bullet Club. Jay White comes out, looks like he's going to accept the offer, but then attacks Kenny Omega. That sets up the US title match that we then have afterwards. Coach Ribushi saves Kenny Omega, and then they finally hug after years of not being... Friends, because Kenny Omega felt like he needed to align himself with the Bullet Club after his yeah. partnership with Ibushi dissolved, and Ibushi kind of went to wandering, like is his way. That is true. Yeah. Kenny Omega famously cost Ibushi his first IWGP Heavyweight Title shot against AJ Styles, not by attacking him. He just stood on the apron when Ibushi was about to do his Phoenix Splash, and that split second of hesitation on Ibushi's part leads him to being caught and put in hit with the Styles Clash. Oh, uh, okay. So, you know, it's been building up and building up and then Omega and then so Omega and Ibushi team up and then Omega says they're going to become the best tag team again. And of course, so the Young Bucks are both personally insulted and professionally insulted at this point. Yeah. And um, that's when they make the step up from like the junior to the heavyweight. So they're going to like join their division mm. to make a point that we're better than you. Although Omega and Ibushi, when they were a tag team, were junior heavyweight tag team wrestlers. Yeah, they uh, they traded the belts with Prince Devitton, Ryosuke Taguchi in some amazing matches a few years before them when they were still both DDT uh, wrestlers. Mm. But now they're like got thicker, like bigger, like Kenny well, especially. Well, thick with two C's, eh, Simon? Hey, always um, thick with two C's. So yeah, we get to this match, and like I said, so therefore, it's as much about them, like, whereas previously Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson are all, Jackson, I've suddenly turned into a keyway. Um <laughs> Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson are all about um, hitting as many super kicks as possible. This one is more about them yelling out dialogue with very... Great passion as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, like, the moment the match starts, they, they're just trying to get hold of Kenny, aren't they? They're trying to get him into the ring. Well, that's what like, I want to notice I said. Like, before an actual move is done, there have been three tags. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. Kota seems really like, he's like, okay, we've got to get, do a job. Yeah. Kenny's not fully focused, yeah. but... These guys are pissing me off. <laughs> Kota's the supporting player of this storyline. Like, he doesn't have an emotional attachment to the Young Bucks like he does Kenny. No. I think we've all been in situations where you've got to be friends with someone's girlfriend or something like that. Or friends of friends are always the weirdest relationships to try and build, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. Like, you know, that's... Any kitchen at a house party is usually a great example of that. It's like, it's like I've got two close mates from my time at work, although we don't work together anymore, but they've stayed my friends outside of work, and I've got my friends from school. And sometimes when it's like my birthday or something, or if it's an event like go and see a movie, those two worlds will, will merge together 
You know, the Venn yeah. diagram comes together. And they're cordial to each other, but at the same time, I don't believe any of them share WhatsApp groups with each other, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. So that's where Ibushi is. I don't think Ibushi's on a, on a shared WhatsApp group with the Young Bucks. So we're going to be honest with you, listener. There was a bit of a gap between that recording and what you've heard so far and what we're going to talk about from here. Apologies if we repeat ourselves, but I don't think we basically got to the match yet. As far as I can recall, we were last discussing WhatsApp groups. Oh, it's Rumble. Never. Yeah. But let's talk about the match itself. Now, like like I said, like I've said before, I know I said this, but this is like a, a psychology version of a spot fest. Like... Does just standing there and yelling really loudly at each other constitute great storytelling or not? Because that's what a lot of this match is. A lot of this match is Matt Jackson's back hurting him, Kenny Omega sometimes taking advantage, sometimes not wanting to take advantage, Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson kind of guilt-tripping him at various points right up to the end. Kota Ibushi trying to rise above it all yeah, as well. Kota Ibushi sort of trying to just r- win a match, essentially. And be almost yeah. uh, Kenny Omega's secu- like, comfort blanket or, like, you know, friendship sponsor or something like that. Uh, I would call him, like, his rudder uh, in the emotional storm he's going through. He's the one trying to get into, like, through it all, basically. But also, looking at, like, the looking at the value beyond the friendship, like looking at the competitive value of winning this match and proving we're the best tag team. Because as well as obviously all the drama between Kenny and the Bucks, there's that competitive pride element going on. And I think Coates is the one that carries that side of it all the most by trying to not disregard Kenny's feelings, but acknowledge them, but show him there's more than what he's feeling going on. Well, like I said, for the most part, it's Matt Jackson and and Kenny Omega carrying the emotional baggage of the match. And I suppose it is Nick Jackson, who is the more athletically gifted of the two young bucks, and Ibushi, who, I don't know, I guess he's more naturally athletically gifted than Kenny Omega, but maybe not necessarily as spectacular a performer as Omega. But Mm. so it kind of works that when they get into the match, they actually do like your classic indie standoffs and... And they're doing all the big moves and, and reverses and dodges and, you know, and everything like that. Whereas then when Omega and, and Matt Jackson get involved, it's all about shoving each other and yelling at each other. Um, yeah, yeah. He's... I was going to say, as well, it's... It's weird, because obviously we do say this is like the Young Bucks coming out of what they were usually associated with. Um, the well, the difference between... what you associate them with. They're just not doing all the ridiculous oversells or, like, handspring back rakes, like the most PWG-ish stuff. But they're still, like, throwing a dozen drop... a dozen super kicks at least throughout the match each. Yeah. Well, well yeah, that is they're true. They're still doing, like, Meltzer drivers and all the, all the other stuff. Well, the Meltzer driver in itself isn't a problem. It's mm. the it's the the stuff around it, I guess, that um, can be perceived as a problem by some. Uh, the, what I was about to ask um, is, I personally see this in terms of the Young Buck matches I've watched as the greatest way to see them highlighted as individuals. Mm. Um, what they both bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Nick Jackson brings the the moves more than Matt, and Matt brings the character more than Nick. 
Yeah. I like the knit um, like they're both I can't remember which one it is that's been out that had that I can never get them the right way around. But one of them looks like you could tell will be able to kick if for whatever reason the other retired would be able to kick on massively. But I think they could both in different ways. Nick yeah. Jackson could have, you know, insane spot you know flawless spot fest matches whereas Matt Jack Matt Matt Jackson could have made a living in the 70s or 80s cutting snarky promos and being a great heel or a man- manager or something like that and having like Sorry. Jerry Lawler yeah. kick him kick the crap out of him or something yeah. like that yeah 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 like if Matt Jackson didn't have the physical gifts that he had but still had the charisma that he has and the talking skills that he has um and just the personality it seems he has both in real life and in wrestling uh, as, as a wrestling character, he would probably still be making it. You know, it's like, again, it's like one of those guys, I'm not saying like like someone like John Moxley, who I think would be a star if he'd have been dropped into any decade of wrestling. Matt yeah. Jackson wouldn't have necessarily been a star, but he would have been someone that could have got gone somewhere, you know, at all times. Mm, no, no, yeah, he could have plugged into anything, in the Attitude Era. So, uh, so anything, good. really. So, I was going to say, like, ECW could have mouthed off it, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what do you think as well of um, neither team really plays the heel. The heel of the match is essentially the 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 phantom menace of Cody, like that he's the one that's orchestrated all of this together in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's um, the elephant in the room is a great way of putting it. Mm. Um, but uh, there's also ego. I think ego plays a factor. Um, because obviously the books had their pride hurt by the way, the way things ended with Kenny as well. And now it's not just emotional and personal pride of like a friendship ending, but it's professional pride. Cause obviously there's, there's a challenger to their crown of the best tag team. Yeah. But I also, so I, I would say that's the driver too. But the other thing I would say is that like at various points, both of them get to do like baby face flurry, hot tag sequences, you know, Nick Jackson will hit a variety of cool moves on both Omega and Ibushi, you know, uh, who are both trying to get him and he's weathering the storm, especially when, like, Matt's suffering from a back injury. Uh, and so Nick's having to sort of do the heavy lifting for both of them. Yeah. And it's a great way of keeping the match, of controlling the pace of the match. Like, when you want it, to, when they want it to be slow, they can use the selling and then, obviously, he can tag out. But it's also working within the layers of the crowd as well, so that those that, within their perspective, are seeing the Young Bucks as the baby faces of the match can have their moments where they get to cheer them. And similarly, those in the crowd that see the Golden Lovers as the baby faces are given their moments to cheer for them as well. Like, both yeah. of them are being... You know, both of them have their weak... Like like I said, the Young Bucks' vulnerability that can be exploited is Matt's back. The, uh, the Golden Lovers' vulnerability that can be exploited is Kenny Omega's reluctance to engage, you know? His emotional state. Um, yeah, no, I, I take your point. I would also build on it slightly by saying it helps the match in general flow, I think, because you can, you're not going at 100 miles an hour. You're not going at like zero miles an hour. You can sort of like create a good average flow by like having your moments where everyone's down and selling um, or your moments where, Abushi and or uh, 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 any of the four are just mixing it up, you know. Like it's really p- 
in terms of pacing, I really enjoyed the way it was paced because it goes. It's quite a long match. I think it goes thirty-seven minutes or so. Yeah, for a tag match, I, I that that's usually well, with the tag match. You're also able to keep the. It was the same thing with like the the great all Japan six man tags because there were so many people. They could keep the pace going that a singles match can't always do. Yeah, well, there were so many people and none of them were dead weight mm. in like those six man tag matches. Except maybe Baba when Baba had when Baba had his one five star match, but yeah. he, he brought something else um, to the equation in in different ways. Bless him. What do you think when when some moves do get screwed up? Like there's a moment where Omega and Ibushi both go for the golden triangle moon salts on opposite corners. They like start on one corner, zigzag across each other, like sort of do an X sprint across each other. Omega hits his, and they're kind of fortunate the camera decided to focus on Omega because Ibushi loses his footing, and there's all sorts of a weird, awkward moment which essentially ends with him doing a judo toss on Matt Jackson where you can visibly see them trying to talk to each other to figure out how to do the get them where they need to be, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of other areas where there are some slight screw-ups or slight misses, you know? Do you know what? I think they get away with it more in this match because they it's not... It sounds like really counterproductive to say this, but it's not about the wrestling. It's about the mm. story. Uh, the wrestling's still great. Like, it's a really high quality. Um, but because it's not what they're leaning on to entertain the crowd, mm. um, they can sort of get away with those moments a bit more. And obviously it does help that the camera smartly... well. Uh, not you know, smartly, focused just up. fortunately. Fortunately, yeah, you're right. Fortunately... Uh, focuses on obviously a mega in that in that specific scenario. Um, that's that's the advantage of great storytelling. It it gives you a, a safety net if things don't quite click or things don't quite gel or a mistake happens. Mm. And if you're clever enough and if you're like talented enough, which all of these people are, you can get round things like that, and and you've got more room to do so because of the table you've set. As far as tables being set as well, I do love how the table spot is paid off. They're building to it earlier on in the match. And what I love is when they do it to the point that you forgot it was there because you've been taken... It's kind of like how everyone says one of the amazing things about the Avengers Endgame film is that you know everyone's come back after the snaps happens and Hawkeye's wife calls him. But you forget about it then because of the subsequent fight with Thanos... Yeah, uh, Thanos. When and then, so when they all emerge from the portals, it's a triumphant moment that you basically got told was going to happen. Essentially, you know, twenty minutes early, so you knew that, that table spot was going to happen. So what I think is brilliant is that they incorporated it into the midpoint of a trademark uh, Young Bucks move, where they've been trying desperately to get him set up because Matt Jackson's back is hurting him to the point that when he tries to lift Ibushi up for things. Nick has to basically lift him onto his shoulders. Yeah. So then they go for the more bang for your buck sequence, which is always Matt Jackson does a um, Matt Jackson does a, a, a sort of a, a cruise, not a cruise, sorry, a fireman's carry roll um, into Nick Jackson coming off the top with a four fifty splash, and then Matt Jackson following that up off the top with a moonsault. So that sequence of moves. 
But instead of, and so you've got that set up, and Matt Jackson, I think, to Nick Jackson's surprise as well, just realises whilst he's up there, Kenny o's, Kenny's leaning against the table. And so just dives to the outside and elbow drops Kenny through the table. And it's great because Kenny's not been, like, lying there on the table, prone, waiting for ages, you know, and it's not taking him, like, two missed runs like a Sabu table spot. From back <laughs> you know what I mean? It, like, it comes to a surprise to everyone, including, you think, Nick Jackson, because it's like Matt Jackson sacrificed this opening to finish off Ibushi because yeah. he's seen that chance to hit Omega. And, like, do more damage so to like, him so instead. It, like, it means more to him to resolve the matters with Kenny than it does for him to win the match, which makes sense later on when he tells Kenny to hit him with the one-winged angel. You know, which, again, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how I feel about that. Because I feel like if you're if you're physically and emotionally capable of telling of insisting that someone do the move, because literally Kenny lets go and Omega and then Matt grabs his arm and puts it on him, then that means you're controlling the move as much as he is, so you can escape it. You know, mm. I don't know where I stand on that. It sounds like something. It's something that sounds really cool as an idea, as a big emotional moment. But first of all, it doesn't finish the match, which seems crazy to me. Yeah. Because Nick then saves him and blocks, you know, breaks up the three counts. I don't know. I don't know where I, I, feel, I, I where guess I'm the forward, famous you know? equivalents, both the two biggest equivalents I can think of, both involve Shawn I'm Michaels. I'm sorry, I love you, and, and yeah. the Undertaker. Thing. I'm sorry, I love you is a bit different because they're obviously Flair just like managed to stagger back to his feet, and he wasn't really in a position to defend himself. Yeah. Um. Whereas the Undertaker's one was um, pure, um, obviously because it's close quarters and like Sean was able to slap him, that fits more into obviously the circumstances you're talking about. But that was a re- like that was a really pure moment. Yeah, those were both finishes, you know. So if yeah. if that was a finish, maybe we wouldn't have thought uh, we wouldn't have you wouldn't feel the same way about how it would how it was executed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like there's too many moves in this to really go into recounting moves, and I worry that we're just kind of repeating each other. So I'm going to come towards the end, really, at this stage. It's just like there's so many times when Omega's given choices. They do a like what reminds me of that great spot in the Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, WrestleMania 8 match where Roddy's contemplating hitting him with the bell. Uh, similarly, they sort of do that again with Omega and the, and the, and the weightlifting belt to whip Matt with it yeah. that Matt had done to him. You know, there's just, there's really cool moments, but I think, I think that I'm not leaning towards five stars, even though I think it's amazing as a spectacle and just these four guys, because there are just enough things where I feel like it, it it's almost over-milking to the point that I always felt like Triple H in particular was guilty of it in the WWE and Shawn Michaels at times as well, especially when the two were together and decided to have like a 45-minute Hell in the Cell match or something <laughs> like that. Or, or, or I think some of the worst indulgences maybe of recent Johnny Gargano matches. And I think, you know, I, I think if you love, like, I think, like I said, it's just a bit too much of everything. You know, I, I need more than just them yelling at each other. You know, that, yeah. that doesn't just constitute, that means it's good psychology, that means it's a good match, you know. Not if you're going to keep going back to it to me. I, I, I really mean, don't want to be overly critical. It's an amazing match, and like you know, if someone else gives it five stars, I've got no problem with that. If someone says it's their favorite match, I've got no problem with that. But I feel like it's trying too hard to be someone's favorite match. In a weird way, it's yeah. I I, I do take where you're coming from. It's not quite five stars for me either. I mm. I think it's just a shade 
too long for what yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, they do, like, they've got the crowd on their feet. They're doing, like, really long two counts. They're doing these incredibly innovative sequences we haven't really gone into details with. But I'm trying to... I think we do that maybe too much to start reading off moves anyway. And there's lots of moves in this match yes. if you want it. And it's moves with psychology, which is more than a lot of people think Young Bucks usually do. But I think that's very unfair. You should watch some of their New Japan Tag Team stuff. Especially whenever it's like a title match. Like with like the uh, Rapongi 3K or um, mm. you know anyone else like that. And I think in AEW they're going to do some really epic stuff. If they ever do face off with the Revival in some way, shape or form, I think they will have a match that will probably be a five stars caliber. I mean, well... At time of recording, they've already done it in AEW. They've done a five-star, yes, haven't they? So. Have, we do have more Young Bucks to come, that's true. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to wait for that. But we won't have to wait much longer for our next episode, Simon. What will we be doing in our next episode? Uh, so we're, our... stay, we're sticking with New Japan, but we're going back to Japan, but it's not involving people from Japan. Uh, no, <laughs> How are we going to get it one way or the other? God damn it. <laughs> this multicultural society has gone too far. <laughs> uh, no, no. It's a um, all-British affair yes. as Marty Skrull takes on Will Ospreay for the IWGP Junior heavyweight title. Mm, an all-British affair, just like the tabloids like it. <laughs> but anyway, if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, and talk about other kinds of British affairs, how can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free, free for the packets of throat lozenges that the Young Bucks will need after all the screaming at Kenny Omega they did in this match. <laughs> My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A-N, as in the A and N you'd find in adenoids. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Let's Box. If you want to get in touch with me, button at gmail.com at the end of it. The podcast for the show's Twitter account. The Twitter account for the podcast is lntyspod. lntyspod at gmail.com is also our email address. If you want to find us on SoundCloud, it's soundcloud.com slash lorcan-mullen. I think that's pretty much it, isn't it, Simon? That's all all I've got at this end. Cool. Well, there's nothing left to say now except my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. Where do you go to Where that five-star friend you found you know she'll wither and wear you And put your heart right in the ground It's like you just wanna lay down and be 